The show you love with even more local, local news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a great Tuesday afternoon to you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your personal concierge for conversation as we take a look at the fact it is T-minus 21 days and counting until the midterm elections on November 8, T-minus 21 days and counting. And uh, again, I underscore how important this particular election is, and we appreciate your involvement here as we talk about the issues, talk about the candidates, and uh, rehearse those things that we need to know and that we need to explore together in order to make intelligent votes come November 8. So thank you, as always, for engaging in that process with us here on the Mike Douglas Show. Uh, Program note for today, in our 4 o'clock hour, hour number two, we're due to have candidate Nathan Hockman with us. Of course, as you probably know, Nathan Hockman is running uh, against... Attorney General Rob Bonta for that office. Uh, so Nathan Hockman will be with us. We'll explore his assessment of what's going on right now with the Attorney General's office and what he would like to bring to that office. Again, he'll be on that ballot coming up on November 8. Again, that interview coming up on our 4 o'clock hour here today on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, This just in a a little bit ago, a jury has found Paul Flores guilty of murdering Cal Poly student Kristen Smart back in 1996. It's been a long journey, hasn't it, in that particular case. Uh, After months of court proceedings, uh, 12 jurors in a Salinas courtroom unanimously agreed today to convict Paul Flores of first-degree murder, and uh, that Mystery from San Luis Obispo has been unsolved for, what, almost 30 years, I think about 26 years. So Paul Flores, 45-year-old man, guilty of willful, premeditated murder after, again, the jury deliberating for a total of four days. By the way, as as you may remember, his father, 81-year-old Arroyo Grande, uh, resident Ruben Flores, was also accused of being an accessory to the murder after the fact. Uh, They believed he uh, helped his son hide Smart's body, but uh, the 81-year-old father from Arroyo Grande, Ruben Flores, has been acquitted by a separate jury. So his father has been acquitted, but Paul Flores himself guilty, being found guilty unanimously by a jury today of murdering Kristen Smart in 19... 96 and uh, we'll see how that develops uh quick note we have tracked uh, over the past uh, week or so the the dust up down with the la city council and apparently there's um a 24 7 camp out right now in front of the home of los angeles city councilman kevin de leon that's continuing and the organizers of that camp out say they're going to stay camped out there until he resigns from the LA City Council they also would like to see Gil Cedillo 
uh, resign as well. And, of course, that is a result of a leaked recording last week uh, that contained a racially tinged conversation between them and uh, who was the president of the L.A. City Council, Nuri Martinez. Uh, She first resigned as president when that tape came to light or that recording came to light. Uh, but she has later resigned from the council. Again, a lot of people wanting both uh, Kevin DeLeon and Gil Cedillo to resign as well. Now, earlier today, uh, apparently the L.A. City Council is meeting virtually, and but uh, a whole bunch of people showed up outside the council chambers to uh, make their voices known. Here's what it sounded like. And they were there attempting to force their ways into the council chambers. Uh, LAPD riot police there pushing them back. And so the uh, the drama continues down in Los Angeles over that, uh, that particular uh, issue. Another headline today, and, and this is... <laughs> This is where the influence of our woke culture is so hypocritical. Let let me just give you the headline, and this is from Stanislaus County. Uh, Stanislaus Union School District custodian has been arrested on suspicion of child molestation and possession of child pornography. Uh, Gerald Spears, 60 of Modesto, reports the Modesto be arrested today. Uh, Modesto Police Lieutenant Martha Delgado uh, confirmed that apparently he was booked into jail on suspicion of continuous sexual abuse of a child under 14, lewd and lascivious acts with a child under 14, and possession of child pornography. His bail set at $250,000, which he has posted. Uh, has not been formally charged yet by the Stanislaus County District Attorney's Office. Apparently, he worked in the district since 2014 at uh, Mary Lou Dietrich Dietrich School and Stanislaus Elementary School. Uh, The police department saying they don't know how long the sexual abuse is alleged to have occurred or when it was reported. Uh, Don't have any other details yet at this point. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because across the nation, we see public libraries and we see the woke left rejoicing in the fact that drag queens are performing for children in very lewd ways. We see curriculum that encourages children to do things to themselves they ought not to even be knowing about at that point. So which is it? Woke left, which is it? Is it is it this these pedophiles are criminals and the victims are children, or are they merely minor attracted adults? Which is it? You can't have it both ways. This this evil that is being unleashed upon our culture today by the woke left, it's time to stop it. And that's why I keep reiterating 
November 8, 2022, I think, is going to be a milestone in the United States of America and California. Now, do I think it's like a light switch? No, absolutely not. But if you consider how the quote-unquote woke culture has wormed itself into our culture today, it took years and years and decades and decades. And a lot of it being carried out by those who are steeped in socialism and Marxism. The goal to divide people. The goal to demonize godly people, Christians and Jews. And they've done a very they've been very successful at it. And part of the strategy is to make people of righteousness feel guilty about being righteous. Well, all of that stops, in my opinion, at this point. And we see, and, and what's amazing to me, and I'm glad for it, is there are a lot of moms out there, a lot of very bold females who are rising up and saying, nope, not going to happen. This is it. And I applaud them. And, and all of us in our culture need to start taking stands and, and stand in the light of truth. Stand for the Judeo-Christian ethics that are at the basis of our culture. This needs to stop. And we can't have it both ways. We, we can't say, well, they're just minor attracted adults on, um, or minor, minor attracted people on one end, but on the other, we, we arrest them for lewd and lascivious acts against children. Which is it going to be? Well, I'm very confident that righteous people in California and the United States of America are going to make their voices known on November 8. And I'm encouraging you to be one of those voices. And it needs to take place at the ballot box this year in November. It must begin there in 21 days. Will we be able to turn this aircraft carrier around that's going the wrong direction? Can we turn that around quickly? No. It takes time, but we can do that. We can do that. And I believe that evil has been unleashed on our society to the point that even people who try to stay in the fetal position in their little protective bubbles are starting to say, oh, there's something wrong there. Yes, there is. And it's time to get out of fetal positions. It's time to get out of those bubbles and stand for what's right. And I count it a blessing and a privilege to have, at least for the moment, the opportunity to be your concierge for conversation so we can talk about these things and bring it to the fore and make people... There are some people who are unaware. It is amazing to me how many people in our culture today, even in my sphere of influence who don't know what's going on. They only look at one or two news sources, if that, and their perception of what's going on in society is almost nil. 
They, they live in a Disneyland-esque world. Of course, if you look at what's happening to Disneyland these days, probably that's a bad allegory at this point. So, again, my privilege to serve as your concierge for conversation as we pursue the truth and as we call it like it is. And we call out people who are furthering the cause of evil and socialism and Marxism in our culture. It's got to stop. And I believe that begins with you and me on the local level. We have to be bold. We have to have good information. All right. Well, speaking of good information, yeah, boy, when it comes to buying and selling homes, I'm not a brainiac when it comes to that at all. If you look at my history over the years, look, mortgage rate increases, they're impacting home sales. You know that. Even the Wall Street Journal has reported home sales are down an average of 20% from this time last year. But there is one guy I go to. He's the expert. He's the one agent I would trust with selling my own home during a market slowdown like this. That man is Dan Phipps. Are you worried about maybe missing the boat on getting top dollar for selling your home? Well, listen, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program, as you know, it's designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control, no required costly repairs, no long-term contracts, and you can pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. William in Modesto said he had a rental property, needed to cash out as soon as possible. A high price was his first priority, but he said he had a tenant first, couldn't fix up the place for a bigger price. Well, Dan Phipps felt confident that he could get what William needed, and he marketed the place very intelligently, sold it for the same price as similar homes that had been upgraded in the area. I'm telling you, Dan Phipps is good. Call him. Call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I would hire to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. So call him. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. All right, Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, attention all ships at sea. No, no, actually. Uh, attention, those uh, are, are valued listeners in and around Manteca. Uh, I've got a question and an invitation for you. Uh, we were talking about the, the dust-up down there at uh, L.A. City Council and such. Uh, there appears to be a, a very passionate uh, race going on for Manteca mayor. Uh, the candidates, the uh, incumbent is Benjamin Contu, uh, Gary Singh, a council member and uh, a parent uh, by the name of Leanne Larson. 
Now, those of you in the Manteca area, I'd be very interested to get your read, to get your comments on what's happening there. Uh, Leanne Larson is saying that she believes that uh, Gary Singh has acted inappropriately in terms of uh, votes that uh, he has made, uh, actions that he has uh, made both on the city council and as uh, a member on the San Joaquin Council of Government. And it uh, involves uh, an Austin overpass project. Not going to go into the details. Uh, There there are pages uh, that go into this and uh, a lot of things about things that are alleged and apparent. Um, So, but anyway, the the issue for um, Leanne Larson is she, she would like to be mayor, and she is, uh, in, in her target right now, is uh, Gary Singh, believing that he is acting inappropriately. Now, there have been no investigations that show that yet, uh, but it is uh, apparently a very passionate race going on. My question for those of you in the Manteca area, how do you feel about this? What, what's your read on this? Do you have inside information you can share with us? What's your perception of going of what's going on here for the mayoral race in Manteca? Again, this is one of those local issues that we'd be interested in hearing from you about. Not grammatically correct, but you get my drift there. Our number 209-551-3483. 3. When I look at messages that come in and when I look at candidates, I'm always interested in what they are for, what they're going to bring to the table, so to speak. What backgrounds, what are their strategies, what do they see as the problems, what are some of their solutions to the problems, how are they going to approach them? And identifying problems with the other candidates is all part of that. But I always want to hear about what are you bringing to the table? What do you want to do? What is it that you see that needs to be fixed or changed? And so for those of you in the Manteca area, I'd be interested in in hearing about that from you. Again, the candidates, uh, the, the incumbent mayor is Benjamin Kantu. Uh, a parent by the name of Leanne Larson is uh, running against Mr. Contu as well as another candidate for mayor on the uh, city council there in uh, Manteca, Gary Singh. So again, uh, if you have some insights into that, we'd love to hear from you in the Manteca area, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And just a reminder, if you use the iHeartRadio app, again, I use that almost every day. I don't use it on Sundays. I'm a bit busy on Sundays, but... Uh, other days, I'm I'm often listening to uh, other programs and such on the iHeartRadio app. You can tap that little red talkback mic when you're listening to Power Talk 1360 KFIV on the iHeartRadio app, and you can send us a voice message. You can send one to me or our producer, Mike, or producer, Brenda. And, uh, you can send one to the station, 1360 KFIV. Again, you can send us a voice message message on that. And if if you have a a brilliant scintillating comment, 
eh, we may play it on the air as well. So again, if you're listening on the iHeartRadio app, all you have to do is touch the red talkback mic, and uh, that will send us a message. UC Davis, what do you think about this? UC Davis apparently is uh, under investigation, apparently, because they are listed amongst schools that are using software to keep track of students' social media. The software is called Detect. Any of you have children or, or relatives at UC Davis? It uses artificial intelligence, intelligence to scan social media posts. Now, UC Davis told CBS 13 in Sacramento that the software is not being used to track students, but it's used to prevent students from harming themselves or others, and the main priority is to keep students safe. Well, if they're going to prevent students from harming themselves or others, seems to me... They have to be tracking them. How can they know if there's a problem if they're not tracking them? The Dallas Morning News also reported that the DETECT program can also allow campus police to do surveillance on student protests. What do you think about that? We'll talk about it in five minutes coming up here on The Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this fine fall Tuesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, it is T-minus 21 days until uh, our midterms on November 8, 2022. And you may ask, Mike, I noticed that you bring sound bites in from from time to time. And why do you do that? I, I do that because I have found that not everybody hears a lot of these comments. It's amazing. In fact, uh, my wife was talking to a colleague of hers the other day, and she was unaware of of some statements that you and I are probably aware of, totally unaware that public leaders had made statements uh, on, on this type of subject that they, that they were talking about. And so the reason I bring these sound bites is to make sure that you as listeners have heard these, because I, I think these affect, these will affect, these should affect how we vote. We, we put these sound bites into our thinking mix we analyze them, we compare them to what we've heard in the past, we compare them to where our worldview, where we would like to see our nation, our culture, our state, our city, our county, our neighborhoods, and it all it all comes out at the ballot box, or at least it should. But if we don't have that information, then we're not well informed. We, I, I am content continually amazed that the media continues to cover for President Biden. Yeah, they, they spent so much of their time 
crucifying Donald Trump. And, and yes, I understand he jousted with the media. And when you joust with jousters, they joust back. But here's, here's another comment uh, from President Biden. Apparently he's at, looking at the background uh, video here, apparently he is at a rally uh, to restore Roe v. Wade. In other words, uh, a rally that uh, is not appreciative of the recent Dobbs decision. Uh, Listen to his comments here. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed, the married couples in the privacy of their bedroom, excuse me, I'm thinking about the Dobbs Dobbs decision. Imagine, well, I'll I'll get to that in a second. Um, Say that again. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed the married couples in the privacy of their bedroom, excuse me, the mar- I'm thinking about the Dobbs, the Dobbs decision. Imagine, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. To marry couples in the privacy the right I pushed hard and of our... Got changed, the yeah. married couples in the privacy of their bedroom. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Now, my friends, I have... I don't do weddings anymore, unless it is a family member or an immediate friend that's almost like family. And it's not because I don't want to do them. It's just I believe if if I'm going to officiate a wedding, one, I have signed a an agreement called the, uh, co- well, Community Marriage Policy. And actually, Modesto was the first place a Community Marriage Policy was signed between clergy back in 1986. There are hundreds of these community marriage policies now across the nation. But part of the tenets of uh, the community marriage policy is a commitment of pastors together and clergy together that we will not marry couples until they have at least completed a minimal amount of premarital preparation. And I found when I was doing marriage as a pastor almost full-time Uh, that was many years ago, that about 10% of the couples going through the premarital process decided not to get married. And I rejoiced at that. I really did. Because that means that they're avoiding some really ugly stuff later on. And and I I love that process. And I, I have found that it's very, very valuable. And it, even for those couples that get married, oftentimes we uncover things that they may have been reluctant to talk about, etc. So anyway, getting back to Joe Biden marrying couples in their bedroom. I have uh, I have officiated lots and lots of weddings. Over the 27 years or so I've been in vocational ministry here in Modesto, I have yet to marry a couple in their bedroom. I've um, I've married them out in outdoor settings, some beautiful outdoor settings. Uh, I've done a uh, I've actually done a service in my own office. That was interesting. I won't go into detail now and waste your time with it. But hey, it was a it was a couple from Russia that. Uh, Russian authorities were about ready to scoop up, and by getting married, it prevented them from doing that. And they loved each other, but they couldn't wait. They needed to get, and it's the only time that I married a couple without premarital preparation. And uh, I, I think it was worthwhile. But anyway, I have never married a couple in the privacy of their bedroom. 
Now, maybe President Biden has had a different experience, but the, the, the issue here, my friends, is that President Biden is not, not making sense on occasion. It's almost a daily thing. And this must figure into how we vote. Now, if you believe that President Biden and his party have the foundations of what you believe in, if if you like the way they're going, if you like their priorities, fine and good, vote that way. I don't. The more I hear from President Biden, the more I hear from his press secretary, the more I look at the votes that are coming out of Washington, D.C., the more I hear from Gavin Newsom, our governor, the more I hear from the supermajority in Sacramento. It pains me at some of the things I'm saying. And so, again, I feel it's incumbent upon us here, and especially upon me as your concierge for conversation, to bring some of these sound bites up from time to time, not to make fun at all, but to inform. We need to know. We need to know that our president is not tracking well mentally. And I I don't think anyone who's attentive to what's happening can debate that. And so anyway, from time to time, and I want you to know why, from time to time we we bring those sound bites up because I think it's uh, very important. Uh, I want to get back to this story about UC Davis tracking social media apps. How do you feel about that? Uh, Are you okay with a college that your relative may be at, whether it's a son, daughter, granddaughter, grandson, niece, nephew, extended family, whatever it may be, and especially if you happen to be sharing in the cost of the tuition there, do, do you approve of colleges, universities like UC Davis tracking your relatives using social media apps? It's called Detect. It seems to me that this is something that ought not be. And, and the, the rationale is, again, UC Davis told CBS 13 that this software isn't used to track students. No, 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 no. No, this software is used to prevent students from harming themselves or others. The main purpose, the main priority is to keep students safe. Analyze that for a moment, and you are all good analysts. I know that by the content of your phone calls. It doesn't make sense. If the software is not tracking students, how do they know that they may be harming themselves or others. That doesn't make sense. And you don't have to have a university degree to make that equation. It, it, it's, I, I just, uh, I'm, I, I, I don't know, our university system, I don't trust it anymore. Now, if there's a, a riot or something like that, absolutely. Use... Uh, Use the the methods you need to use to put down the riot to uh, keep people from harming themselves. But it sounds to me like students are being tracked. Because what they're doing is they're scanning social media posts. I don't think it's any university's business what students are saying on their social media. Do you? I don't know. Maybe you approve of it. 
Our phone number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Related to that in a tangential way is cybersecurity folks are warning us to be careful when using public wireless networks. Do you ever use public wireless networks? I never do. If I'm in a, unless it's an emergency, if I'm in a retail place, if I'm uh, at a coffee shop, at a restaurant, I, I don't use their Wi-Fi. If I, and especially if I'm in a hotel, I never use the hotel's Wi-Fi. Do you? I don't. Don't trust it. And I have uh, one of those VPN apps, and I use a VPN application on a regular basis. I am highly suspicious. When I was in law enforcement, one of the small cities that I served in the detective bureau, they had a sign up there for a long time, and it said, In God we trust everyone else we investigate. (laughs) That's kind of my attitude. I don't trust the internet. I don't trust the fact that, gee, you can have free Wi-Fi. No, thank you. I'd rather have no Wi-Fi at all. So are, are you, and the reason I bring this up is October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And apparently uh, a man named Earl Foote with Nexus IT Consultants says, good idea to use your own mobile hotspot if you're looking for internet options or a VPN connector, which I have, that'll encrypt data over public networks. He also suggests using separate devices for personal and work activities. I don't have that luxury, uh, but he says to limit significant security risks to yourself or your company. So what do you do to protect yourself online? I I have, I think, three active filters constantly and uh, and programs that are constantly scanning my computer, even right now as we're on the air. I have it at work. I have it here. I have it built in so that I have redundant systems looking for hacks and such. Once in a while, something crops up. We've been uh, very blessed that... So far, nothing major has happened. But I, Facebook, I've been hacked so many times, I, I, can't even, I can't even count them. And so Facebook to me is, I put little pictures of the cat at my home who thinks it's queen of the home, and I put those up because I'd like to bring some humor into people's lives. But I don't live my life on social media. I don't put private things on social media. I don't say when I'm sick. I don't put anything that has to do with my private life on social media. Some people do. It's amazing. And if you're one of them, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying maybe you want to take a second look at that. Because we listen to all these hacks that happen. We we see how hackers can get into government systems, for goodness sakes. We're easy marks for that. So... We'll continue the conversation about that. What are you doing to protect yourself online? And are you worried about, given this is Cybersecurity Month, 
Is it constantly on your mind that you're concerned about being hacked? While you're online, our number 209-551-3483 will continue the conversations coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this fine Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, just a reminder, by the way, Thursday is the um, the earthquake drill day for uh, California. It's called the International Shakeout Day. And uh, you may say, oh, Mike, there we go again. I'm tired of it. I, I encourage you to think about it. At 1020 on Thursday, and by the way, you may wonder why 1020 uh, in the morning. Well, it's 10, the October 20, and so therefore 1020. Anyway, at 1020, they're encouraging uh, everyone to uh, at least go through the motions of getting ready to drop cover and, and hold on in the event of an earthquake. During my search and rescue days, I responded to uh, a lot of earthquake uh, scenarios. Um, I was there in, uh, in Los Angeles during a major one there, and I can tell you it pays to think about these things ahead of time. And I've, as I've always said, we respond the way we train. You make a plan. Do you have, do you have a plan for you and your children, grandchildren, for you and maybe you have elderly parents? Do you have a plan if there's a major earthquake? And, and one's coming eventually. The big one is coming. If, if a big earthquake occurs, of course, many of you remember Loma Prieta, right, in uh, the, the Bay Area. Do you have a plan? It doesn't take very long to do it, and it could be a, a fire, it could be an earthquake, could be a flood, no matter what kind of disaster it is. How do we check on each other? How do we know if, if we're taken care of? Where do we meet? Where do we head for, depending on the scenario? W- what if cell phone communication is cut off. We have to go back to old school ways of of dealing with that. So my encouragement to you, at at least on 1020 on Thursday, take some time to think about what do I need to do to be able to reconnect with my loved ones? And if I have elderly parents or if I have elderly friends somewhere, especially if they're in a, uh, a mobile home park or somewhere where the structures aren't as sturdy as other places? Do I have a plan to check on them somehow? What do you do? Do your kids know what to do in the event of an earthquake? Do they know not to stand in doorways where the door may be slamming on them? Uh, do they know to look for areas uh, of strength uh, where the headers are? Do they know? to stay away from windows. These are rational things we need to think about, and they can save a lot of injuries and save lives. So there's my public service announcement to you as a, as a former first responder in the uh, urban search and rescue area anyway. So again, earthquake drill happening on Thursday, 1020. Uh, if you choose to Drop to your knees, crawl underneath a table or a shelter, cover your head. Well, okay. If not, at the least, 
at the least, talk with your loved ones about a plan of what to do if if something happens. Again, that's uh, coming up this Thursday. Getting getting back to this whole idea of uh, tracking, and uh, I'm sure many of you have uh, um, been aware of the ESG scores. Kanye West, apparently Chase Bank informing him, nope, you can't bank with us anymore because of apparently what he stands for, what he says. Well, here's the problem. That could happen to you and me. I'm thinking back to this story about UC Davis and and they're monitoring what's happening with these students so, so that they don't hurt themselves. Well, apparently Chase Bank and other financial institutions are monitoring their customers. That presumably includes you and me to find out if, if, if we are buying things, if, if we are saying things that they don't like. And, and to me, that, that means we need to be very careful. We need to be bold, but on the other hand, we also need to be wise in how we, how we stand for what's true. So I hope you take, uh, I hope you take moments during your day to think about how do we deal with our finances if our bank decides they don't like the fact that we contributed to the wrong politician or we contributed to the wrong organization or we said something on social media that their board of directors uh, doesn't approve of? Kanye West, by the way, yay, I guess he's called now. Uh, apparently he's in the process of acquiring Parler. Any of you on Parler? Kanye West apparently is looking at buying it out. Shades of Elon Musk and Twitter. That'll be interesting to to find out. The company said the proposed acquisition will assure Parler a future role in creating uncancelable ecosystems. Ecosystems where all voices are welcome. Well, we'll have another voice we're going to welcome. He's Nathan Hockman. Candidate for Attorney General coming up right after news, weather, and traffic here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Back in five minutes. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on a wonderful Tuesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we are T minus 21 days coming up to the midterm elections on November 8. And one of those uh, one of those races on your ballot, I think, is highly important. And that is for California's attorney general. We have uh, with us now Nathan Hockman. He is running against Rob Bonta. Uh, Mr. Hockman, I know you're a busy man. Appreciate you taking time from your schedule to be with us today here on The Mike Douglas Show. Thank you very much for inviting me. I appreciate being on the show. 
Let's start with Rob Bonta. There must be something that prompted you to to go through all that's required to run for public office, especially attorney general. Let's start off with your assessment of Rob Bonta and why do we need you in that office instead of Mr. Bonta? Well, thank you. Thank you. Great questions. So the bus tour I'm on right now is going up and down from the top of California through the middle down to the bottom. And uh, it's called the Experience Matters Stop the Spiral of Lawlessness Bus Tour. And those are the two issues, both who has the experience to deal with our safety and security crisis in this state, where we have exploding violent and street crimes, homelessness at an all-time high, and fentanyl poisonings that are going to kill more people, 17 on average every day, than even COVID. Who's, who has the experience to deal with that, and then who has the agenda? Let me com- give you the comparison between myself, Nathan Hockman, and Rob Bonta, who Gavin Newsom appointed to the job. I have 30 years of criminal justice experience as a federal prosecutor who prosecuted narcotics traffickers and gang members, as a U.S. Assistant Attorney General, appointed by President George W. Bush, unanimously confirmed by the U.S. Senate, went after tax cheats across this nation for over a year, and also as a defense attorney, a civil litigator, an appellate lawyer, and the former president of the L.A. City Ethics Commission. That's the 30 years on my side. What's on Rob Bonta's side? Zero. I mean, literally, zero years of law enforcement experience before he became our chief law enforcement officer. So 30 versus zero is the first data point I would ask people to consider when they're looking to see who's the person that's going to keep them safe and secure for the next four years. The second is our agendas. Rob Bonta has enacted, along with his friends like L.A. DA George Gascon and Chase Boudin, the former DA from San Francisco, the most pro-criminal agenda in California history. I, on the other hand, believe in three main points. First, we need to partner with the police rather than just treat them as our enemy. Second, we need to actually fund police departments if we want a better hire, train, and supervise police force rather than defund or cut their budgets. And third, all crimes need to have proportionate consequences. Rob Bonta, I, basically I stand for the victims. I stand with law enforcement. Rob Bonta stands with the criminals. So that is in, in, in essence the stark choice that voters have for this election. Someone with experience, someone who stands with victims and and law enforcement, or someone with zero experience who stands with the criminals. Nathan Hockman, our guest, again, candidate for California's attorney general. Nathan Hockman, it it appears to us on a consistent basis, and and I'd like to get your take on this because you've been involved at so many different levels of, of law enforcement. It appears to us that in California, and in Washington, D.C., that the powers that be break the law and or violate the California Constitution and the U.S. Constitution with great abandon, and there's hardly, it doesn't seem there's any way to hold them accountable. Are, are we wrong in that assessment? What, what's your take on it? Well, let's focus on California. And when in California, every single statewide officer is a Democrat, when the state legislature has a supermajority of Democrats, it is hard, if not almost impossible, to try to hold them accountable. One of the, the huge benefits 
that will happen if I, a Republican, get elected to California Attorney General is I will bring an independent voice, an independent look at everything the governor is doing and everything the state legislature is doing to make sure they're actually complying with the law. So if Gavin Newsom, for instance, wants to say that for over two years he can act with an emergency ordinance that basically gives him almost unilateral authoritarian power when it comes to COVID, he's going to have to prove it. Right now, his attorney general, Rob Bonta, who he appointed to the position, wakes up every morning, salutes Gavin Newsom, and says, yes, sir, yes, boss. I would not do that. I would hold Gavin Newsom, hold the state legislature accountable to following the law, and when they won't, you can either take him to court or you can certainly use the megaphone of the position to bring great attention to what they're doing improperly. Again, Nathan Hockman, our guest candidate for California's Attorney General. Crime, Mr. Hockman, is uh, always on our minds here. There doesn't a day go by that we see atrocious things happening in this state. The homeless situation is uh, is out of control. And we, we look at DAs like George Gascon and uh, in the recent past uh, in San Francisco. Uh, the, these are horrible situations. As Attorney General, if you look at a case of Bodine or you look at a George Gascon, what remedies, what, what actions can you take as Attorney General to deal with some of these DAs that aren't, frankly, doing their jobs? So you'll love this. The Attorney General has the power under the California Constitution as the chief law enforcement officer, and by the way, not just the power, but the obligation, to come into any one of the 58 counties, and if a DA is not doing their job, to actually remove the DA from that case. You can't fire the DA, but you can take that case away from the DA, bring in the California Attorney General's office that has 4,000 lawyers, and bring justice to the victims in that particular case. I have vowed to Sheriff Villanueva, the L.A. County Sheriff, who's a Democrat, supporting me and endorsing me as a Republican, his only Republican endorsement. I vow to the Los Angelinos and everybody in the county and all of California that if I get elected on November 8th, on January 3rd when I come into power, if the LADA George Gascon refuses to do his job, I will come into L.A. County and take over every case in which he so refuses. That is an enormous power that Rob Bonta, who actually endorsed George Gascon, who's his buddy and ally, would absolutely not go ahead and exercise because he thinks George Gascon is doing a bang-up job. I couldn't disagree more. And the statistics don't lie. When you have, you know, this spiral of lawlessness where one person goes into a small business, walks out with just under $950, and doesn't get arrested or prosecuted, it's leading to three people running out of a CVS, 10 people running out of a Walgreens, 80 people running out of a Nordstrom's, 100 people in a smash-and-grab smash flash mob in an L.A. 7-Eleven. You've got double-digit rises in homicides, follow-home uh, robberies going on throughout our state. And that is the spiral of lawlessness that needs to be stopped right now. That's what Nathan Hockman will do as attorney general, stop the spiral of lawlessness and bring back a spiral of lawfulness. That's a spiral of accountability where we are responsible for our actions, we deal with consequences for our actions, and we go ahead and actually bring safety and security back to California. Now, assuming that you win 
And you are California's attorney general. We've got a uh, super majority up in Sacramento. And I I would guess, and may I use the phrase deep state, that probably uh, Rob Bonta's staff uh, is is probably uh, aligned with him and, and as far as his philosophies go. How do you deal with that from a management level with the people that are supposed to be helping you out? How, how would you approach dealing with those who are currently employed who may disagree with you as attorney general? So here is what I found. And by the way, Rob Bond has only been there about a year. So my guess is that the staff is not loyal or dedicated to him, particularly when he's enacted such a pro-criminal agenda. But when I felt, what I found when I was with the U.S. Department of Justice leading the tax division is that the overwhelming number of lawyers in these divisions actually want to do their job. They want to do justice. I'll give you a perfect example. They took a, a, a poll of the 800 deputy district attorneys who are working for George Gaston, and they said, how many support the recall? 97.8% of these 800 deputy district attorneys supported George Gaston's recall. I'm imagining that the same number of people in the California Department of Justice want to do their job. That's why they signed up for it. They actually want to bring justice and safety and security to their communities. They just got to get rid of the political impediment that's preventing them from doing their jobs. Now, if there's anybody who remains who actually wants to not do their job and bring justice, sure, I'll have to remove those people. But based on my experience, I will actually be able to keep in place the people who will be thrilled to have a leader that actually wants to focus on justice, the evidence, the law, and not politics. Nathan Hockman, our guest, again, candidate for attorney general. We are at T-minus 21 days and counting until November 8. Uh, Nathan Hockman, and, and you mentioned that you're doing a, a tour up and down California. What are you hearing from the streets? What are you hearing from folks? I, I know a lot of our callers, are they're up in arms. I have callers calling in going, what, what is it with the violence? When does this stop? And a lot of them feel like almost hopeless. What, what's your read of the temperature right now in California? Are people fed up? Are they, are they willing to take a stand and, and do what's right in terms of the ballot box in 21 days? So here's, here's the temperature that I am feeling as I go up and down this state talking to tons of people. And by the way, we're not talking just Republicans, but independents and Democrats as well. They are frustrated, they are fed up, and they're actually afraid. They're afraid to have their kids go out at night, their parents go out at night. They're afraid to leave their cars there in downtown areas because they can get broken into. They're worried about their houses getting broken into. They're working, worried about their neighbors. They're worried about fentanyl poisoning, smash and grab robberies, the whole lot. And what I have found, which is very interesting, is that for the first time in 20 years, safety and security is polling as a top three issue among all Californians. One of the ways I know that there is this groundswell of discontent, fertile soil for a change, is two factors. First, we've got San Francisco. San Francisco, as you mentioned, the most progressive city recalled its most progressive prosecutor on safety and security grounds, 55 to 45. And of the 55% that voted for the recall, seven-eighths were Democrats and independents. Down south in Los Angeles, 
Although the recall of that DA hasn't gone forward yet, it set three records. First, they had over 500,000 signed petitions to get rid of this DA, three-quarters of which were Democrats and independents. 37 cities passed no-confidence motions, mostly run by Democrats and independents. And again, as I mentioned before, 97.8% of the deputy district attorneys working for George Gaston supported his recall. So there is this groundswell of just anger out there. And then you couple that with the weakest Democrat that the Democrats have fielded. I mean, up until now, it was Jerry Brown, Kamala Harris, Javier Becerra. Say what you will about their politics. Their name recognition was almost unbeatable. Now we have Rob Bonta. Nobody knows who Rob Bonta is. He's also got no law enforcement background whatsoever before he took the job. And he's enacted the most pro-criminal agenda of any DA before him, excuse me, any attorney general before him. So fertile soil for change and conditions on the ground, right, with safety and security as a a primary issue, weakest Democratic opponent, myself with 30 years experience in criminal justice, advocating a sensible, common sense, uh, pro-law enforcement, pro-victim agenda. This is where the conditions, hopefully, are right for voters to get to the voting box, get there right now. Don't see if that ballot is in your in your mail is sitting on your kitchen counter. Fill it out tonight, right? In Nathan Hockman for Attorney General, put it in the mail. Drop it in a box. Don't wait till November eighth to do this if you can, because sometimes you get busy on November eighth. Every single vote counts and we gotta make sure everyone votes. Nathan Hockman, our guest, again, the candidate for attorney general here in California in 21 days, November 8th. It's the time to vote. Do you have a question for Nathan Hockman? Now's the time. We have him just for a few more minutes. Our number here, 209-551-3483-209-551-3483. Nathan Hockman, as, uh, as you've been traveling up and down the state, what are you hearing from sheriffs and police chiefs? Have the, are they up in arms? Are they frustrated? To, are, they, are they feeling the same way we are about what's happening in California? Well, let me give you this comparison. This probably tells you all you need to know. I have over 25 DAs and sheriffs that have endorsed me in this race, everyone from you know, down south in San Diego up, to, up north in Shasta County and everything in between. Rob Bonta had zero. Literally, zero DAs, zero sheriffs that are endorsing effectively their boss. What does that tell you? Well, none of the people who work for the attorney general will actually go ahead and endorse him. And all the people who are basically concerned about you know, safety and security, making sure there's someone at the top that they can work with, partner with, and, be, and have the experience, is the challenger, Nathan Hoffman. So I think that that is the attitude of law enforcement. They are, they are frustrated. They go ahead and they go to do these great investigations. They finally find the culprit. They arrest him. Then the prosecutors go ahead, give him no cash bail, and he's out on the streets by the afternoon. In fact, ironically, the criminals know what's going on because they tell the, the, the law enforcement officers when they get arrested, hey, I'll see you tomorrow, because they know the system better than anyone. That system is not deterring people from committing crime, which is why you see the escalation of crime going up by double-digit numbers in the last couple of years. We need to put a stop to that. We need to bring myself in. 
who has the experience and the agenda to basically stop the spiral of lawlessness and bring back a spiral of lawfulness. Nathan Hockman, our guest, candidate for attorney general. Again, my friends, if you have a question for him, if you'd like clarification on an issue as you're filling out your ballot, our phone number here, 209-551-3483, Many police departments, many law enforcement agencies right now are having problems recruiting, and sometimes that has to do with budget, but it, it, there's also discouragement about the way that both California and Washington, D.C. are treating law enforcement. <laughs> what do you see as a, a solution or an encouragement for people to engage in, uh, in, in the recruiting process today in law enforcement? How do we inspire people to, uh, to take up that wonderful profession again? Well, again, a great question, very topical question, because, you know, the police, people, you know, people who do anything other than respect police officers should be ashamed. These are the folks that when the bullets are flying, they they go in the direction of the bullets to try and protect everyone else rather than run away from them. So it is a very noble profession. But again, there's not that many parents right now who look at the situation that the, the way police have been treated over the last couple of years, the sort of the, um, the, the absence of respect for police officers and want to encourage their sons and daughters to become them. I would actually start from the top, from the attorney general's office, and send the message and look to the police, we got your back. Because the overwhelming number of police officers do an excellent job every day in protecting us, the citizens of California. So I need, they need to know that the attorney general has their back. And by the way, it doesn't mean that if there is an officer that crosses a line, that we're not going to make sure that officer also suffers the consequences. I used to, when I was a federal prosecutor, I went after dirty sheriffs who actually stole from drug dealers, sold their drugs and their money, and we had to put them behind bars. So we enforce the lines. We have consequences for everyone. But they, the law enforcement needs to know where the priority is, where, where the focus will be. The focus will be partnering with the police rather than just treating them as our enemy. I've talked to uh, many law enforcement officers, uh, some who have recently retired. And uh, Mr. Hockman, one of, their, one of their common angsts is, I'm not going to do any more observations anymore. All I'm going to do is respond to calls because if I if I do a proactive act in law enforcement, I'm going to get sued. I'm going to get written up. So forget it. All I'm going to do is respond to calls. Can you in the attorney general's office, can you help with that process at all? Absolutely. I mean, there there's a, a standard out there that, of the reasonable person that I believe in. In other words, Officers have to make split-second decisions, uh, and occasionally those decisions do not prove to be right. But they have to understand, but, but very often, in fact, more often than not, those decisions save lives. So, for instance, if an officer is walking down a dark alleyway and he sees someone there and that someone reaches inside their coat and they pull out a gun and that officer does, you know, hesitates and does not shoot and the, and the assailant shoots the officer first, then, they, then the spouse of that, that officer is going to have a, a very dark day. 
But if the officer goes ahead and pulls out his weapon and it turns out to be something other than a gun and the officer shoots, again, you, those are the, the toughest situations to evaluate. But the officer has to know that if he acts reasonably under those circumstances, that the attorney general's office will back up that officer. And so, again, it all starts from the top. If your agenda is to look to find fault with officers, which our, attorney, our current attorney general's agenda is, then the officers know you don't have their back. And what they'll do is not even walk into that alleyway to begin with to try and actually see if there's someone with a gun that can not just hurt them, but hurt other citizens and neighbors and community members in the process. They'll just avoid the alleyway entirely. We can't have that with our law enforcement because it allows criminals to basically the space to operate without consequences. And that is extremely dangerous. Nathan Hawkman, our guest, a candidate for attorney general. We've got about a minute and a half left. Kevin from Modesto, a quick question for Nathan Hoffman, and then, uh, sir, we'll out, allow you to respond. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, hello, Mr. Hoffman, and hello, Mike. So basically, uh, my question has to do with immigrants. I don't like to call them illegal immigrants because I don't believe that any human being in this world is illegal. Uh, but anyway, that's another point. But anyway, what I was going to ask you is um, – in terms of deporting them or whatever we're going to do with them or whatever you would do as attorney general, um, I, I would hope that you would not want to just deport them back to where they came from. Like if they, if they came from Guatemala or. So Kevin, we have about 30 seconds America. left. Uh, I need you to okay. wind up well, that uh, question okay. very quickly. Okay. So what would be your humane solution for these people? What's the humane solution from a Hoffman Attorney General office for these people? Certainly. So what, what my job is, is the Attorney General is to enforce the laws, not to make them. I'm not signing up to be an Assemblyman, a State Senator, or the Governor. I'm signing up to be the Chief Law Enforcement Officer. The decision on whether or not someone gets supported is not a state decision. It's actually a federal decision. Uh, and you'd have to talk to uh, President Biden and his Department of Homeland Security uh, to decide what they're going to do in a particular case. Uh, here's what I absolutely will tell you. If someone, anyone, comes into our state and commits crimes in our state, I will absolutely go after them as I would go after anyone who commits, who engages in criminal conduct in our state, and they'll have to deal with the consequences of that. Whether Nathan Hawkman, I'm, I'm very sorry to decision. interrupt you. We're, we're hitting a mark here I have to hit. Can you hold over for another six minutes or so, or, or do you need to run? I can do another six minutes. Okay, we'll be back with Nathan Hawkman in five minutes. Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. Don't go away. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360, KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360KFIV. Our guest is Nathan Hockman. He is the candidate for attorney general running up against Rob Bonta. Again, we are T minus 21 days until the election on November 8. And unfortunately, uh, Mr. Hockman, the, the clock 
caught up with us. I want to come back. Kevin from Modesto had asked a, a very nice question, very good question about how, uh, how you would handle the issue of illegal immigrants. I know Kevin doesn't like that term, undocumented aliens, whatever term you want to use. And we had to interrupt you uh, for the break. I want to give you time now to uh, finish your thought there. Certainly. And what I had started the answer to be is that ultimately the decision on whether or not someone's to be deported is a federal decision. It's made by the Department of Homeland, uh, Homeland Security. It's not, or you know, the, the president himself. It's not a state level issue. What I wanted to make clear is that if anyone comes into the state of California, uh, undocumented or not, uh, and commits crimes in the state of California, they will suffer the consequences under the law that I intend to enforce. Again, I'm not someone who's signing up to make the law. That would be a state assemblyman. That would be a state senator or the governor. I'm signing up as the chief law enforcement officer, and that's exactly what I plan to do, enforce the laws on the books of the state of California against anyone who wants to trespass or transgress them. Nathan Hoffman, our guest. Again, Mr. Hoffman, thank you for taking time to be with us. Let me ask you something that's on the minds of a lot of people, and that, of course, is the state of California's position right now on abortion and uh, inviting people. In fact, uh, as you know, Governor Gavin Newsom using some of his campaign funds to invite people from other states uh, to come to California as a sanctuary for uh, abortions. What would you do to deal with these issues? I mean, there's going to be a lot of passion on all sides. Uh, Where do you sit with that, and uh, what responsibilities do you feel you would have as Attorney General? So as Attorney General, again, this is one of the key distinctions between becoming the Attorney General and becoming anything in the state legislature, the governor's office, is that you enforce the laws on the books of the state of California. Now, if you don't like those laws or you can't enforce them, you shouldn't run for the position. So whether it deals with women, if it deals with women's reproductive rights, I will enforce those laws on the books. I'm not there to make new laws or have politics enter my decisions. My decisions are based on the evidence. They're based on the law. They're based on justice, which is blind and not politics. That's in contrast to the current appointed attorney general. He's an Oakland assemblyman, a politician pretending he is actually the attorney general. The, the analogy I give you on experience would be this. If you're going ahead and going in for heart surgery, and just before the doctor is about to operate you, you ask the heart surgeon, how many procedures have you done before? And he looks at you and he says, I've done none of these heart surgeries before. And the guy, you say, well, what kind of doctor are you? And he says, well, I'm a dentist. Rob Bonta, our current attorney general, is a dentist, a politician, pretending to be a heart surgeon or the California attorney general. I bring 30 years of criminal justice experience, the know-how, the relationships, and the agenda to operate on the patient, that's the people of the state of California, and their safety and security, and bring them back and make sure that they actually have safety and security. So whether, again, it's abortion or any of the laws on the books, I will enforce the laws on the books of the state of California and do it with justice in mind, not politics. Final question, you bring that up. Uh, Rob Bonta has been somewhat of an activist, to put it mildly, a lot of issues. Uh, Is that a role the AG ought to have? Or, as you have said, should he confine himself to enforcing the laws that are on the books? 
Well, let me give you an example of an area where Rob Bonta has only recently, and I mean like in the last week or so, decided he wanted to get involved because I've been complaining about this for a year. And that's the issue of fentanyl poisonings in this state. It's an incredibly tragic and important issue. Two milligrams of fentanyl will kill you in two minutes. It's 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. Fentanyl is not about getting high. It's about killing you. Four out of ten of the fake pills in our society, the fake Oxycontin, Xanax, Adderall, or Percocet, have a lethal dose of fentanyl. I advocated over a year ago treating fentanyl dealers not as drug dealers, but as poisoners and murderers. Rob Bonta was absolutely missing in action when this bill was before the State Assembly and the State Senate. He took no position, siding with the fentanyl murderers over the fentanyl victims. I marched with the parents who lost sons and daughters when they challenged places like Snapchat. Say, stop allowing these fentanyl murderers on your technology, selling their products, their poison to our kids. This is an issue that, that, the, that the California Attorney General actually, it's not an activist position, it's a law enforcement position, making sure that the laws on the books treat this as murder, that the California Attorney General leads a federal, state, and local task force to go after these murderers, and couples it with a massive education effort, working with the other aspects of government to let middle school and high school students and parents know that fentanyl is about death. It's not about getting high. Nathan Hockman has been our guest, candidate for California Attorney General. Before we let you go, sir, how can people find out more about your background and what you stand for? Well, please have people go to my website. Uh, it's Nathan Hockman, and my last name is spelled H-O-C-H-M-A-N.com. That has information. Again, it'll show you the 30 years of criminal justice experience I have versus the zero years for Rob Bonta. It has videos on different positions that I've taken on all issues from homelessness to violent and street crime to uh, the, the uh, prosecuting uh, fentanyl and the opiate addiction types cases. Uh, human trafficking, a whole variety of different issues, please go to the website. And most importantly, vote. And on the California Attorney General position, ask yourself this question. Who is going to keep you and your family safe for the next four years? The guy with 30 years experience and a pro-victim, pro-police agenda? That's Nathan Hawkman. Or the other guy, Rob Bonta, the appointed Gavin Newsom, Attorney General, who has zero years experience in a pro-criminal agenda. I think that choice becomes clear. It's Nathan Hockman for California Attorney General. Nathan Hockman, thanks so much for spending so time, uh, so much time with us today. Really appreciate that. Uh, thanks for uh, your forthright answers, and uh, enjoy your tour of California. Thank you very much. I really appreciate being on. Absolutely. Again, Nathan Hockman, uh, candidate for attorney general. Coming up in five minutes, we mentioned that very passionate race up in Manteca for mayor. We have one of the candidates that will be joining us in five minutes. Her name is Leanne Larson. We'll hear from her in five minutes right here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. 
A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. As we wind down hour number two here on this fine Tuesday afternoon in California's Central Valley on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, earlier on in the show today, I mentioned the fact that we've received some messages and been uh, looking at what appears to be a very passionate race in Manteca. And uh, the candidates there, uh, the the current mayor, the incumbent, is Benjamin Cantu. Uh, Gary Singh is uh, a council member there. And uh, taking aim at that office is Leanne Larson. And uh, she is on the line with us right now. Leanne, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for calling in. Hi, Mike. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing well. So uh, g- give us a, a quick overview. What do you see in Manteca that said to you, I need to take aim at this, I need to run for mayor? Well, you know what? I'm not a politician, and uh, I really think it's time for change, a real change in our community. Um, you know, many people have seen the news uh, broadcast on the television newscast and also newspapers about Manteca being in complete turmoil. And uh, mainly that has to do with uh, our current city council. What is it that's causing that turmoil? What, what What's at the base of that? Well, you know, our, our, we did, we were a subject of a grand jury report in 2021 uh, basically, the grand jury found an overall lack of leadership from the council, which uh, includes all the city council members except Charlie Halford. He wasn't uh, dur- on that uh, council during that time period of review. And they also uh, indicate there is a growing concern for the city finances. So that's, uh, you know, when I really thought, you know, what is going on in this city? We really need to get a little more involved and our whole whole community needs to get together to uh to see what really is going on in the community. And what I found is uh, there's been a real lack of transparency going on here in our city. When I think of Manteca, at least in years past, uh, I, I think of uh, some some good ideas in terms of development. I think of the Wolf Lodge and, and other things. I've always right. thought that Manteca was a pretty forward-looking city, and you, your assessment right now is they need some help and you can bring it. What do you have in your arsenal that you think will benefit the city of the end? Well, I think mainly I am not a politician. You know, I am self-funded. I'm funded by the uh, family, friends, and the community. And I'm not beholden to anyone, including developers or special interest groups. So that's what makes, sets me apart from the other candidates. Um, you know, you did indicate we do have some good things going on. We have our Great Wolf Lodge. We have our, our Bath Pro. But we're lacking real uh, quality of life issues in the community with respect to the people that live here. Um, we don't have a revitalized downtown. Our homeless situation is out of control. And the growth is completely out of control uh, here, such that we're behind uh, approximately 13 officers in our community um, which has caused a, a real public safety issue as well. So as you've been out in the community, again, we're visiting with Leanne Larson. She is a candidate for mayor in Manteca. As you've talked to folks, what's on their mind? What, what are the big burner issues for them as far as the city goes? 
Well, you know, with with respect to the city, I'd have to say the homeless issue is the top number one issue. I don't know if you're familiar with the $16 million that the city of Manteca was granted by the state of California to take in a regional navigation center that will support the entire region. And uh, as you know, those those facilities, those uh, regional navigation centers or navigation centers in San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, Sacramento are, are failed, have, have been proven to fail. And uh, bringing that to our community will be catastrophic. Uh, this is something that uh, Gary Singh, Council Member Gary Singh, lobbied for behind the taxpayers' back and did not give uh, any of the citizens an opportunity to lobby their local uh, congressmen and senators to say, no, this is something we don't want. We don't want this money for the state. We don't want to uh, continue to enable the homeless. And we do not want the continued, uh, you know, uh, problems that come associated with a, a navigation center, which is essentially low barrier. It means no drug testing, no curfews, um, you know, no, no, no sobriety. And, uh, you know, we really feel like this is going to be catastrophic to our community. Leanne Larson, she is candidate for mayor. Again, we're T-minus 21 days. Can you believe that? Coming up to November 8. Uh, Leanne, where can people find out more about you, what you stand for, and uh, additional information? Yeah, you can reach me at leannelarsonformayor.com. Um, I am also available by email at www.leannelarsonformayor uh, at gmail.com. Um, you're more than welcome to send me an email. I will respond. I'm also on Facebook. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to me and about my platform. But like I said, I'm really into full transparency, public safety, fiscal responsibility. We really need responsible growth. And uh, I am for homeless solutions, but we just need to be strategic about the things we do. And we need to think small and, you know, and also we need to revitalize downtown. The people of Manteca are starving for a location downtown so that they can spend quality time with their family. So, uh, you know, that's one of my, my things I want to bring to Manteca. Leanne, before we go, I think uh, it would probably be wise for you to clarify the spelling uh, of your name uh, for both the website and the email so people get the right spelling. Sure, absolutely. You can find me at L-E-I-A-N-N-L-A-R-S-O-N-S-O-R-M-A-O. R.com. And also my email address is L-E-I-A-N-N-L-A-R-S-O-N-S-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R at gmail.com. Right. Leanne, uh, L-E-I-A-N-N. So my friends, if you're doing a search, make sure you get the right spelling there. Leanne Larson, thanks for uh, calling in, responding uh, to our call today. For anyone in Manteca to give us a call, appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for sharing your views with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, and you have a great night. All right. Thanks so much. Again, Leanne Larson, she is the candidate uh, for mayor, uh, running against the incumbent, Benjamin Contu, as well as Councilman, uh, Councilman Council Member Gary Singh. And uh, again, that's uh, in Manteca. And uh, we continue. We have a few minutes left. If you're from the Manteca area and you have a perspective on this, would like to add your voice. We'd love to hear from you. Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483.
uh, Mike Douglas show here. Again, Mike Douglas, your concierge for conversation here on this uh, wonderful Tuesday afternoon here in uh, California's Central Valley. Uh, You noticed uh, the rise in prices when you're going to the grocery store? Hmm. I have. I just saw this uh, update today, and uh, this is from uh, the the federal uh, federal government. Uh, let's see. All food items that you normally buy at home generally they're up thirteen percent. Cereals and bakery products are up sixteen percent. Dairy products up almost sixteen percent. I want to buy some butter. The other day, I'm going, good grief, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, Non-alcoholic beverages up uh, almost 13%. Fruits and vegetables up 10%. Meats, poultry, fish, and eggs up 9%. In fact, they did a survey uh, of shoppers who say, you know what, we're purchasing fewer groceries that was about 15% last October. It's now 24% uh, last month. So it's it, it, the economy, my friends, is in trouble. Don't let the feds tell you otherwise. All right, look forward to being back with you tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV T-21 Days. Please vote. See you tomorrow. <laughs>